And we are so excited to be able to be with uh, Phil and Kendra. And to uh, they had a great impact on, on our kids and on us as well as we served together in Griffin. Our, our oldest son on the bottom right is Jason and his wife, Emily, and our only granddaughter, the most important person on that screen, is Brooklyn. And she just turned two. Uh, on the top is our middle son, Jonathan. And he's in, still in Atlanta. Jason and Emily are in uh, Dallas, Texas. And then our daughter, Lydia, is the youngest, and she's in Tyler, Texas, and working at uh, uh, FedEx. And she's an artist and doing uh, great. And so we just appreciate Phil and Kendra's impact on their lives. And uh, so we were just thrilled when we were able to reconnect with them and be able to come back and, and uh, work together. God has really done a great work in our lives as we've been able to just move uh, from ministry in the states we were on support staff for almost 31 years when the lord called us to full-time missions if you would uh, just humor me for a moment if everybody hold up your hand point your finger okay now, touch your shoulder touch your ear touch your nose touch your chin haha <laughs> I just want to prove to you how, how powerful the visual is, more, even more than the audio. When I said point to the chin, you, went, you followed what you saw before you followed what you heard. And that's what we're doing with television. We are able to impact a whole culture. You know how we, how we are impacted daily, either positively or negatively, uh, by the media that we see. But we're able to, to do that. We're live uh, eight and a half hours a day, and we also we run 24-7. We have programming, but we're not a TBN-style channel. We are a secular channel. We actually have news. We're the number one station in Cuenca. And so people look to us for the, their news. They look to us for their information. We have two hours of programming for children in the afternoon where we teach them about values and morals and tell them how to respect their parents and their families. And we teach men how to uh, respect their wives. And... But through the programming, we put on commercials every 30 minutes that said, are you dealing with alcohol? Do you have problems with your marriage? Give us a call. We have answers for you. And that's how we get people to respond to us. And so we're seeing two to 300 people a week physically coming to our station, asking for help, asking problems with their marriage or whatever life situation they're facing. And then our counselors, uh, which we have a network of churches between 30 and 35 churches that we network with, they send us volunteers to help us manage those people coming in, and then they handle discipleship, and we're seeing almost five people a day accepting Christ as they, uh, as, as they come in. So it, it's an amazing opportunity that we have that God's given us. And so we, we just are, are excited to be able to be a part of that, and uh, we, we are able to, uh, to network with these churches and and now our next phase, this next uh, four years during our term, we want to plant churches so that we actually, we have 11 uh, students right now that are studying to be pastors that we are overseeing. They're going through the Berean and the and Global University as well. And so then we are going to be able to plant them in churches that then will become our discipleship process so that we'll be managing the whole, the whole process. So we'll take the a person that accepts Christ from the very infant stages all the way to their adulthood spiritually, and, and we can oversee that. So God is just putting a, a great team together and helping us to be able to um, work with these uh, people. If, 
there's a, a photo of our, our team, if you could put that one on. And uh, we oversee 45 employees, Becky and I are executive directors. And it's uh, been an exciting time. These are our kids now. And we are able to uh, work with them. We're still working on the Spanish, and uh, so they don't understand me all the time. I don't understand them half of the time. And But we have, uh, it's just they, not all of them are Christians, and that's the unique thing about this. There's only about 40% of them that profess to be Christians. So the, we hire them because of their creativity or, and their abilities. But they attend a staff meeting every Friday, and it's mandatory. Otherwise, they get a $25 fine, and uh, that's part of being a part of the socialist government. And so we are able to find them, but they come, and then I'm able to speak into their lives and, and let them know how much Christ loves them. We remind them of our purpose. This is why we're here. We're here to touch lives. And that's what it says, cambiando vidas is changing lives, and that's what we're all about. We're more than a channel, and we're changing lives. And so we are just so thrilled, and Pastor Phil talked about to be and to make disciples. That's been our theme. It's ser and y hacer, to be and to make. And that's what, that's what we've all been called to do. And so we're excited that you guys are, are, are uh, that's one of your philosophies, and God's using that here. We are uh, just, I want to just kind of share a little bit about who I am and uh, my past history, but when I was 15, the Lord, I was very, I became very sick, and my parents were taking me to doctor after doctor, and they had different diagnoses and different things, but finally took me to a university hospital. We lived in Ohio and uh, near Cleveland. Went to the hospital. They started running all these tests, you know, kept bringing all these people up around my bed, and they told my parents, he's got leukemia or Hodgkin's disease. So we'll run some more tests tomorrow to see which one it is. So that was devastating news to my parents. They didn't say anything to me. They went home that night, called our pastor, and asked that he came to the house. They began to pray. And as they were praying, the Lord told our pastor, tomorrow there's going to be a change in diagnosis. So the next day, as I was in x-ray for six, seven hours, they just kept looking over and over for things that they had seen the day before. And he used those very words as he talked to my parents. He said, we don't understand it, but there's been a change in diagnosis. He has Crohn's disease, and uh, that's something that we can treat. And so my parents shared that with me. And when I realized what God had done, it just overwhelmed me. And that night is when I felt that he called me into ministry. And I said, Lord, whatever you have for me, you spared my life. I give you my life. Whatever you have for me to do, I will do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And, uh, you know, and so that began my journey as I began going through that process. And uh, we moved to Winchester, Virginia. I, that's where I graduated high school. Went to James Madison University, met my wife, and we both uh, got a degree in music. And then we started ministry in Winchester. We were actually at the church at First Assembly there for five years as music pastors. And we uh, worked a lot around this area. I was ordained here in the Potomac District. And then... We went to Gloucester, Virginia, and served with uh, some folks there, and, and for eight years we were on staff, and it was during that time that uh, we started working on television. Uh, the cable company came to us and said, hey, we want you to uh, start a television, uh, we want you to have your service on our TV, and uh, all you guys have to do is produce it and give us the tape. So the pastor came to me and said, hey, they want us on TV, and you're going to learn how to do it. So I started learning television. So I 
really, you know, God's always ordering our steps. So then it was during that time as we were working on that, I've still been suffering with this disease, uh, Crohn's disease, lost 18 inches of my intestine, um, had a, have a second surgery from adhesions and, you know, just suffering. In fact, when we got to Gloucester, I couldn't even get out of bed the first service. And uh, they actually t had a, they, some of the elders came to the house to pray for me and they ended up taking me to the emergency room. But uh, it, we actually were there last week in that church and I stood there and I said, you know, I remember standing right here in January of 1990, right on this spot, and we had an evangelist there that day, and he, I asked him to pray for me. He laid hands on me, and I knew that I knew that I knew God had healed me. And the only way I knew to test it was to stop taking my medication because I had tried it a couple other times. I felt like the Lord had healed me, and I stopped taking my meds, and I became very sick. So I said, Lord, the only way I know how to test this is stop taking my meds. So I stopped taking my medication that day, and I haven't had to take meds again. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. So the Lord then, so that has allowed us to go on the mission field because we, I wouldn't have been able to pass my medical exam had I still been suffering with that. So God has just kept ordering our steps, kept ordering our steps. And then we went into uh, the, uh, moved to Griffin, Georgia, where we were music pastors there. Then we bought a television truck. So we got into TV in a real big way. I came to the place where I said, I have to make a decision. I really feel like the Lord's called me into media. And so I began, became the media pastor and started working that uh, through with all the, just developing that whole process. And it was during that time in 2005 that we were invited down to Cuenca. We came, went down there to help train and uh, provide uh, some equipment, different things. So we started uh, three, you know, three or four trips. I had went down there in 2010 missionary said, would you guys pray about coming down here full time? So we got home and t Becky and I started praying. And through this whole process in Griffin, you know, we, missions has always been birthed in us. And it, we had a missions conference every year and we would just be challenged. And it really became exciting to us because we just, God just blew us away about what he would do if we would just be obedient. So we were always challenged through these faith promises. What do you think God wants to do through you? If you will promise, and we got to the place where God challenged us, would you, would you give more to missions than you do any of your other bills? More than a mortgage, more than car payments, more than anything else. And I mean, that we just thought about the amount, and we're thinking, okay, well, God, it's up to you. If you provide it, we'll give it. You know, he did. For almost three years, we were able to, to give just, and we just said, where is this coming from? You know, he would just supply it, and we were obedient to give it. And then when he asked us to go, and we said, Lord, you know, you've been so faithful. I mean, we just can't wait to see what you're going to do next. And so we said, we went to that missions conference in 2011, and uh, we said, Lord, we give you ourselves. And we put ourselves on the altar. We sold everything. And uh, in February 1st of 2012, we started raising our funds. And God helped us raise our funds in six months. And we were able to then go to language school. And we got to Cuenca, Ecuador in January of 2014. And two months after we got there, the missionary's wife that we went to work with became ill and could no longer live at the altitude. It's 8,500 feet elevation. 
So she could no longer live at that altitude. So she had to come back to the States. Uh, her husband sold everything they had there and closed the house and everything, and then he came back. So he's been working from the States ever since. So God put us there right in the right time so that we could be the boots on the ground working with this, this couple and helping us uh, to oversee this. So God knows. You know, he knew that we needed to raise our funds that quickly. He knew we had to get all that, and he put it all in place. And when he healed me in, in 2015, you know, that's when he started that whole process. And now we're seeing the fruit of what he, had, what he did. So God has just become, uh, you know, he continues to stretch us. He continues to help us go uh, through these things. But just want to share a passage of Scripture with you in Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 1 through 8 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Within it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. In this passage we, we read here, we're reminded the Lord is constantly speaking to us, but it's up to us to listen. So number one, our opportunities help us to hear the voice of God because it's when those opportunities come, we've got to listen. Whether I hear God's call or not depends on the condition of my ears. And exactly what I hear depends on my attitude. We hear people many times make claim that, hey, this is what I'm called to do. But a lot of times that limits God because we say, oh, I'm not really called to do that. But maybe God's trying to stretch us. You know, when I was in music and I was saying, and this opportunity when the pastor came and said, hey, you're going to learn how to do it, I could have said, hey, that's not my calling. But I'm, I just realized I'm a disciple. I'm just here to be a disciple and to do whatever God calls me to do. And so that began the journey, basically a fork in the road. Had I not taken, I don't know what, where we would be today. But God knew, and so he challenges us. Many times he puts these opportunities before us, and he wants to see, you know, if we'll be faithful. He wants us to trust him. Several years ago, a new preacher moved to an area in Houston, and he had a chance to go ride the bus uh, for the first time. So he got on the bus, and he, he sits down and realizes the bus driver gave him 25 cents too much change. And he started thinking about it. Yeah, I probably should give this back. And then he said, oh, it's only 25 cents. Man, the bus makes a lot of money. Who's going to, you know, know? Just consider it a gift from God and, let you know, keep it. Got to his stop, came up to the thing as he's getting ready to get off he turns and he hands the bus driver the quarter he said sir you gave me too much change when I paid my fare and the bus driver smiled he said aren't you the new pastor here in town he said you know I've been praying 
about a new place to take my family to church, and I just wanted to see what you would do if I gave you 25 cents too much. So he got off the bus, and he, he grabbed the pole. He said, God, I almost sold your son for 25 cents. There's opportunities like that for us every day if we'll listen, if we'll open our eyes and, and see what the Lord has. But he, he wants to touch people through us. That's how he's chosen to do it. And so we need to be obedient. Back in 2003, when they started, the, the opportunity came to uh, Pastor, Pastor Bill, the, the missionary we work with. When uh, he came, they said, hey, we have a frequency available. Are you interested in it? So he called the general counsel, and they said, yes, we definitely want a frequency. So they paid for the frequency, but they needed equipment. They needed to start raising some funds to build a TV station. So he was pastoring a church of about two, 3,000 people. And at that time, the average income was about $200 a month. And so he went to them and said, okay, in three weeks, we're going to be taking an offering. He shared the whole vision and what God was doing. And he said, whatever you can bring, we need to, we want to launch this channel. So they, a lot of them didn't have a lot of money. So they came with whatever they had. They gave jewelry. They gave all kind of things. Well, Mark Lehman, a pastor you probably might be familiar with. He's over in Bowie. He was there for that service. And at the end of it, they collected all this jewelry and they asked him if he would bring it back to the States and then cash it in and then send them the money. Well, he was so moved by their generosity that he, they found out how much it was all worth and his church put that money together and sent that money. But then he created the shadow box. If you do the, the picture of the shadow box, this is on the back wall at the church there in Bowie, Cornerstone Assembly in Bowie, Maryland that uh, he put all the jewelry and all the things there that those people gave to, to signify the sacrifice people make all around the world. You know, a lot of times, you know, we don't hear about a lot of the sacrifices that people in, in those countries are making. But these people, they gave everything they had. And now there's been thousands and thousands of people that have come to know Christ as a result of the sacrifices that they made. So we, we just n- need to know that God is using everybody he gives us all opportunities to be able to be used by him. In Luke chapter 19, verse 41, it says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on that day, what would bring you peace? And verse 44 says, Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Number two is we must recognize opportunities that the Lord places before us. So let me ask you a question. Do we build our schedules so tightly that there's very little time for the Lord to intervene? The busyness of things obscures our concentration on God. But God can get our attention. When I was in Burkina Faso on a missions trip one time. We took a media team there. And we had the opportunity to go right on the edge of the Sahara Desert. And we uh, did an interview with a lady that one day she was walking to get water. It was about a two-mile hike. They had to go down to to get the water. As she was coming back, there was a storm, and she was struck by lightning and fell dead on the ground. Uh, Some other people that happened to be nearby there picked her up, brought her to the church. That's all they knew to do in the local village there and said, hey, what can you guys do? They began to pray for her, and God raised her up, and she she came back to life. We interviewed that lady, and we were able to share with them, but it brought so much fear on all the villagers when they saw this lady come back to life. They started bringing back all the things they had stolen from the church. (laughs) So God got their attention. 
you know. And so we were able to use that video. We raised um, enough money. We put a, a, a water pump right there in the center of that village. So now they don't have to go two miles to get water. They're able, they have fresh water right there in the village. But what an awesome way. I mean, God will get our attention. You know, a lot of the things that Jesus did, a lot of the miracles he did, you know, it seems like they were interruptions to his schedule. None of them seemed like he went, he went there to heal people. It never says that. It says, as he was going, or as he was teaching, or as he was in this place, these things happened. They were all, uh, you know, inter- interference, basically. And so the woman that reached out and touched the hem of his garment, it was nothing that was planned. So we need to allow God just to have some of our time, just allow for these interruptions. It's been one of the, the greatest things as we've changed into uh, become missionaries. We've realized that you know, when you're in the, that culture, it's so laid back. And I, I was a person, I'd have 12, 15, you know, things on my to-do list every day. Man, I'm checking them off, checking them off, checking them off. I get down there and I start, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this place. Boy, we're going we're gonna to whip this thing into shape. Oh, my goodness. When I go to a, just to go buy a tool and it takes me three hours, I said, what in the world have I gotten myself into <laughs> And so now it's just, if I get two or three things done in a day, I said, praise the Lord, this is amazing. <laughs> and so it's just, you know, now it's just, I'm always, I, I do a lot of prayer walking, and I just say, God, what do you have for me today? What is it you want me to do? I don't have a, an agenda. I, you know, I go in there, I have a plan to get some things done, but I'm always open to whatever God wants to do. And we're just excited and, and amazed at what he does. And a lot of times our lives, we... We affect other people, and we have no idea how that God uses what we say or what we do to impact others. I want to show you this, this short video that explains how all of us can affect one another. So we never know how God will use us as we share and how that can circle around or how many of us have been impacted by others that we have no idea how God impacted them. So every opportunity God gives us, we must make the best of. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, it says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So my life is hidden. What people see is a reflection of my relationship with the king. When I stop telling God what I want, he can freely work his will in me without hindrance. He can crush me. He can exalt me. He can do anything that he chooses. He simply asks me to have absolute faith in him and his goodness. Oswald Chambers said, God does not give us overcoming life. He gives us life as we overcome. And in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our final point here, we make the most of every opportunity by being filled with the Holy Spirit. For when we have that, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, then we can be sensitive to those opportunities that are around us. 
Every day we can pray in the Spirit. Every day we can ask the Spirit to lead us and direct us and give us the opportunity to, to be able to touch and, and work with others. You know, in the, uh, when I was, the Lord spared my life, he was preparing me for such a time as this. Becky and I have had to answer the, the questions, if not us, then who? If not now, when? And what's the Lord asking of you today? What are you supposed to be doing that perhaps you've put on the back burner? We can all come up with hundreds of excuses, but are we in the place where we can hear the voice of God say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? The, more, the majority of us cannot hear our, anything but ourselves, and we cannot hear anything God says. But to be brought to the place where we can hear the call of God is to be profoundly changed. You have the opportunity to be a part of something significant. As you partner with us and other missionaries, you're impacting the world. You're touching lives. Our channel, we've launched the ADTV and Uncion.tv. On our live stream, we're in 80 countries that are being viewed every week. And there are Spanish. Spanish is the second most spoken language in the world. And so we are able to touch millions and millions of lives way beyond just being in South America or Central America. God is doing an amazing thing. And it, everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a part. And when David, King David, uh, the fam their families was taken in a battle in Ziklag, they went and they were going to go rescue their families. But 200 of the men became very weary and they said, we need to stay here. So they left some of the supplies and all, and they went and they, they captured the families. And as they were coming back, some of the men said, those guys that didn't go, they don't deserve any of the plunder. But David said, no, they deserve just as much as us because what they did was just as important as they stayed and, and took care of those things. And that's the same thing when we partner together. God, you know, he is a just God. And everyone that participates is blessed, and everyone that is, participates receives part of the reward. So as we close, I just want to ask you if you would believe with us that every time you see a commercial, that you would remember Uncion, remember what we're doing with commercials, and ask God to, to take the commercials as we show them and multiply them. Let them be seen and received by many, many more people. Pray with us. Consider being part of what we're doing in a financial way. You know, this television is not cheap. We have a $50,000 a month budget, and we raise some of that through sales on, on the channel, but a lot of it is donor-based. And so we, we need partnership. We need help. We need to be able to continue to change and change lives, and we ask you to partner with us in that way as well. But if you will help us to be able to understand the power of the visual realize what we're doing and help us change the culture. We will be so, I know millions of souls will be eternally grateful. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for all that you've done. God, for this opportunity to be able to share together that, Lord, your spirit is in this place. Lord, we sent your presence in such a real and awesome way. And I thank you, Father, that we are able to, uh, just how our lives have come together, Lord, for such a time as this. Lord, you have purposed all this way before any of us were born. And I thank you, Lord, that it's not by chance that all these people are here today. 
Lord, I thank you for every opportunity that you put before us, that we will be obedient, we'll be sensitive to hear your voice, and that we will, Lord, reach out and, and minister to those that you put in our path. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We show your appreciation to Pastor Tom this morning. I'll invite uh, Keith and Keith and Paul and Phyllis, if you'll come back and prepare to lead us in, in another short time of worship here at the end of the service. As I was listening to Pastor Tom preach this morning, um, a lot of the things that he said sounded familiar in my spirit because over the last couple of weeks I've been preparing next Sunday's teaching from Romans uh, chapter 12 and then the following Sunday's teaching from Acts chapter 13. And in Acts chapter 13, where I landed on is the two questions that God put in my spirit as I'm reading that passage to ask you is, what do you think God is saying to you and what are you doing about it? And here this morning, the message from God through Pastor Tom is, what opportunities is God showing you? What are you seeing and what are you doing about it? So I don't want to miss what I think God is probably wanting you individually to hear this morning. I don't know what you came, what questions you came to church with today or what appetite to learn you brought here this morning. But the meal that God is serving today is he's asking us, what opportunities have I shown you? And what are you doing about those things? So I don't want to miss this opportunity to say again, maybe there's just one of you this morning needs to hear that the thing you've put on the back burner, God's asking you to take that off the back burner and make it a focus of your life. Maybe there's something you've been doing that's a good thing, but its season is coming to an end, and, and you know that in your heart, and there's a new season on the other side of it, and God is reminding you of that again and showing you it's not about a punishment. It's about opening new opportunities for you in your life. What is it that, what resources of skill and ability, time, finances, has God trusted to you? And what are you doing with those things to meet those opportunities around you? You know, we've defined serving here. Serving is simply when, when your desire to put others first collides with a real need. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about what real needs is God showing me in my life, in my circle of influence? What am I doing about those things? What am I willing to do in those areas? And so this morning, I do just want to encourage you, whatever it is, that one moment, you won't remember everything Pastor Tom said today. Where was that one moment this morning that the Holy Spirit was talking to you? And what are you going to do? How are you going to respond to God about what he's challenging you with today? In a practical sense, I want to tell you what we are going to be doing with Tom and Becky and uh, our vision for where we want to see that go. I have committed that beginning in the month of January of 2018, ECHO will begin sending monthly financial support to Tom and Becky through, uh, they are Assemblies of God World Missionaries, and so we're going to support them through their Assemblies of God World Missions program. We'll be sending a monthly amount to them and also to Kevin and Noel Miller, and also to Emily, continue to support Emily Griswold, and also to Kendall, who you'll meet next week. The reality is what we're sending away a monthly support exceeds what's coming in in monthly support in our missions offerings here. We are actually giving more than what you're designating on your offering envelopes or online that you're giving to missions. We take that out of our, our general budget because we believe we want to do more than what's currently coming in. We also recognize that right now we have committed so much to what we're doing here locally through the Advance Initiative. I mean, you know that we've committed $750,000 above our, 
our normal operating budget to help fund a more permanent home. And I, I, a couple of people had asked me this week, Pastor, should how is it that we're going to be able to support these missionaries and provide for our operating budget and move into a new facility? And I'm like, that's part of the whole faith journey. You know, I don't have the answers to all those things other than God is a very generous God. And, and what our pastor would share with us in, in Griffin all the time was that if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And if your heart says, I want to be involved in financial support of, of, of our missionaries, can I encourage you to just consider what you might like to do on a weekly or a monthly or an annual basis and make that part of your make that part of your giving when you give every month if you gave an extra ten dollars or twenty five dollars or a hundred dollars a month to missions what that will let us do is is two things we can support more missionaries and we can increase the amount of monthly support we're sending to these missionaries i have a vision to partner with missionaries all over the world specifically in the area of of church planting to help start churches all over the world um you can do it much cheaper in other countries than you can here in the states i was with a pastor who said we can have a church for our 20 for our 200 people if we could just come up with this big miracle this last week in armenia so what is this big miracle i mean we're looking at like two, three million dollar project here. He says, if I just had $15,000, we could purchase this property and this roof. I'm like, in America, that's still a, a big number, but it's not, it's, it's life-changing over there. To us, that's just a fraction of what this project would take. And so, you know, how neat would it be if as we're waiting on God for our miracle here, if we're part of making miracles for all these other churches all over the world? Because listen, we're all about the same thing being and making disciples, and I just want to be part of what God's doing all over the world. So here's how you can respond to what you've heard today. First of all, you can commit to praying for Tom and Becky every single day when you pray. On your way out this morning, Tom and Becky will be waiting out here in the lobby. They have a little table set up. They have little little prayer cards that have their picture on it. Would you please stop by, do me a favor, if you can at all do this. I would love it if there was a line waiting to just encourage them. Just give them a word of encouragement. Pick up one of those prayer cards. You know what would mean the most of them if you just say, you know what, thank you for being with us today. I believe in your ministry and I'll pray for you. If most of us would stop and do that this morning, do you know how encouraged their heart's going to be when they leave here today? It can get lonely on the mission field when you're the only one of your family there and you're one of the few people that speak your own native language. It can get very, very lonely and I don't want them to feel alone. I want them to feel our presence every time that they wake up through the presence of the Lord because you're praying. A second way is you can commit to giving. As I shared with you, beginning in January, Echo as a church, we're going to support them every single month. We're going to send a check to their ministry, and we're going to become one of their partners. However, between now and then, we also want to be able to send them a one-time offering. And so what we've made available to you is um, if you would like to give this morning, we're not actually going to pass the collection plate again. But what we will do is this week and for the next few weeks, if you'd like to give a special offering to Tom and Becky, we'll pool all those offerings together and we'll send one check to them. So you can give by cash or credit card and you can, or I'm sorry, cash or check. Uh, and you can use your offering envelope this morning if you'd like to just on the envelope where it says missions, just write D-A-V-I-S, Davis. And then the amount, you can drop it in that box. We'll get it to them also. And I just checked online to make sure it's good. On our website, you can go to, our, you can go to the giving page. And right on there, if you click the Give To, it gives you a little drop-down menu. Number one, two, third option, it says Echo Missions, Tom and Becky. If you'd like to give online, all that will go to one place, and we'll collect all those funds and send them off at the end of the month. We'd like to send them. their home itinerating to raise some additional support to go back. I want to help them get back there. They've got an awesome ministry there, and I don't want them to have to wait around for funds. So if you want to give, you can go ahead directly to that. Give that way. If you'd rather give directly to them, there's a link on, on our missions page on our website. You can go to 
Pastor Tom and Becky's website. You can give directly to them. I could care less whether it comes through our church or goes directly to them. I just want to get them. If God's speaking to your heart today that you want to do something tangible to them, no gift is too big or too small. Please feel free to do that in any way that you'd like to. 